Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. But let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful to be in your house, to be a part of who you are and what you're building on this earth, Lord, and what you're coming home to fetch us for, Jesus, to take us back with you. We're we're privileged, Lord, that we can do it together, um, that we're not alone, um, and that you bring us, you build us. You are the master builder, and this morning we submit to you, Holy Spirit, as you lead us in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not here to motivate you today to join a team. Disclaimer. Hashtag better together. Everybody's going to be hashtagging me at the end of today, I hope, because you're going to remember um, what I said. I, um, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Izan. I've been married to Alex for 10 years. We've been serving in Joburg for 10 years now, and we have two girls. Um, I've been in Shofar for 17 years. I made the sums, um, early, well, over the weekend. And I've served in different congregations, two different congregations over that period. Um, when I got saved, Henny loves this. Uh, I'm the only person he's ever met who went to church to go and get saved. I did that. I went to this church to go and get saved. I also went to Encounter One or Ignite, as we know now, to go and get Spirit-filled because I didn't know that you could do that by yourself as well. So... I went to this church uh, to go and get saved, and upon getting saved, I heard the Lord say to me, I'm giving you a family, I'm giving you a place to belong, because uh, my family didn't work like that, Um, there wasn't a a belonging, Um, I didn't live in a house for longer than two or three years, I do have both parents, they're alive and they're beautiful, Um, but, but they've been divorced forever, and it's... It's, it was never a place I could call my space. Like I could be safe here. It was a, an interesting time growing up. So when, when Jesus said, I'm giving you a place to belong, I was like, wow, what does that even mean? Um, and with that came many things. I'm so grateful to what was my then small group pulling me into things, and it freaked me out a lot because these people were very saved in my eyes, and they were very holy in my eyes, and I didn't know how to deal with very saved people, um, but they pulled me in, in my not-so-saved, but, but actually the same saved, if that makes any sense to you. We're all saved one time for all. We're all as white as snow um, because of the blood of Jesus, but they, just, they were just a little bit ahead of me in the holiness department, I think. So I have a question um, for you. I have many questions because my background um, is in training and human movement sciences, and I used to teach in the area, so I ask a lot of questions, and you can note them, and you can use them in your small groups or, I don't know, just for yourself, maybe in your quiet time with God. I'm going to give you lots of opportunity to engage with God, with people, with your small group, so you might want to write these down. A lot of them are hard to answer, so you won't answer them just yet. Um, my first question is, now I ask myself this often, what will the church look like when Jesus comes for us? Um, and that question challenges me a lot because my mind immediately runs to Acts 2, um, when they were selling all their things and doing all things together and being in each other's space. And I'm a serious introvert. Very few of you agree with me on that, but I am a, I am a serious introvert. 
So being in big people's spaces for very long, I, I want to run away. So the thought of having people in my space all the time freaks me out. But I think heaven's going to be like that. <laughs> A lot of people in each other's space worshiping God. So I'm growing in my ability to manage many people, many spaces. Um, but what, what will we look like when he comes for us? It's a really challenging question to me. I, I think about my time in, in serving this particular church um, over the, these many years, and, and by that I say shofar, because I, I come from Stellenbosch congregation before we moved here about 10 years ago. Um, and I think about the, the leadership differences that have happened over these 17 years and who I've had the privilege to serve under and how different they are. And, and I've, I've always found myself asking the question, how do I serve in this leadership? How do I, how do I what should I be doing now? Um, sometimes it's the same, sometimes it's not the same. And here I want to tell you a story. We had a pastor um, serve here um, before Henny, Pastor Heinrich Titus. He's in uh, Somerset West now, but he's also our national leader. Um, I, just after the birth of my first daughter, I, I, was, I was a little confused about how life worked now. <laughs> I didn't know. Because I was a super active everywhere and doing everything person, and all of a sudden I wasn't. So I, my... My identity was a bit wacky because I didn't know how to still be me in what I thought I looked like, but I had a different role now. So I was working through that process, and Heinrich sat me down. And he said to me, Izon, where are you? And I said, what do you mean? I come to church every Sunday. There I am, warming the chair. And he said to me, yes, your, your, your body's coming, but your, your heart and your spirit's not there. Where are you? I need you. And I was like, what do you need me for? I, well, I have nothing to offer you. What You preach and hear God, and that's fine. You don't need me. And he said to me, no, you have a gift that you must bring to church on a Sunday morning specifically. And I said, what gift? I, what are you talking about? Now I'm in tears because, of course, he's hitting all the hurting parts. And, and he says to me, stop waiting for you to feel like you're okay, like you've got this down, like you can mark this tick box before you bring your gift. You can bring your broken gift. It's really fine. And I was so challenged by that. I walked away. It was the horrible mug and bean. Sorry, mug and bean. I'm not a fan of mug and bean. But we sat at the mug and bean, and I walked away thinking, oh, somebody saw me. I can't get to hide my uncertainties and insecurities anymore. Somebody, somebody saw me. So I had to engage God and say, okay, what does this look like? How do I bring my broken and confused bits um, to your house? How do I do that? Um, and it was a process to figure out. But I was so thankful for that visit that we had where he saw me and he called me out. Because we should do that for each other. That's what community does. Sees when we hide, when we float in and float out, when we're not as visible. Um, and to go, but I see you, Auntie Sharon, I see you. Um, where's your gift? Why, why am I not seeing the gift God has placed inside of you to build a church with actively happening? Or, or how's that going, growing in that gift? 
Um, those, are, those are tough questions. And it, it forces us, in a sense, to engage God with, to go, Yo, Lord, what exactly? Me? I'm, I'm nothing. I know I'm saved and I'm thankful to be in church and it's wonderful, but what? I don't preach. I don't like people. I don't, whatever your thing is, to have to actually talk to God about that is a challenge, I tell you. So my question is, how do I serve my house um, under whatever leadership? How do, I, how do I fit in? How do I find my fit? Um, and that's, those are tough questions. Because serving on the, the sound team is not necessarily your fit. It's, it's where we serve on a Sunday. It's where your gift lies, maybe, or it's an area that you want to grow in. That's wonderful. And it's incredibly powerful how God uses that to mold and shape us when we serve in specific capacities. But that's not necessarily the it. And, it, and there isn't necessarily a one thing that you bring. There's multiple things that you bring. Um, and and to, to talk to God about that, what, what, what does he need this morning? What is going to happen in church this morning or in your small group what, or in your workplace or in your wherever? What is it that needs to happen today where I'm involved? And how, how can I be your vessel in that today? Those are the questions. Um, I teach a, a Bible school module. It's called Supportive Ministry. Deviled forgot it last year. Sorry, everybody. That was in Bible school last year. We'll do it again. Um, and I always look at, at the two words, support and ministry. And the word support, before it makes any sense, it's oh, probably, sorry, CVC, so it's up there already, isn't it? <laughs> support sounds so blah if you just see the word support. But if you dig into what it means, it sounds really powerful. Because to provide assistance or to give your strength to something sounds like, oh, you know, I've got, some, I got, some, I got something to give. Now, if Uncle Trevor, if I say to him, Uncle Trevor, please can you help me move this table? And he comes and all of a sudden it's so light and, and so easy to walk and carry this thing from the one end to the next. So if he, he supports me in moving that desk but he lends his strength, and then all of a sudden it's so easy for, for me. Um, and hopefully a little bit easier for him too, because I'm, I'm strong too, ne? <laughs> to give stability, um, ugh, it's, support is such a loaded word, actually. When we support one another, when I lend my strength, I give some stability to your instability. Alex does a lot of stability providing in our house because sometimes my mind can go very wacky, and then he just goes, Nenya, settle down. Settle down in your mind and your emotions and your crazy thoughts. That's not the truth. And he brings the truth, the stability of the word in. It just settles my heart again. Supporting. Ministry, to serve others and to serve God. So anybody who's called a minister is a servant. Let's just deal with it there. He's a servant. We serve Ministers are there to serve, to serve people and to serve God. Are you a minister? Every member is a minister. We all minister in the house of God. We're all ministers. So we're all servants. Big word. Very quiet when I say we're all servants. I, I looked at um, the word minister in the Bible. You know when your app can search things. 
And uh, it's a lot faster than in the old days where we had to go at the back of your Bible where all the words are listed. It's a whole lot faster now. So thankful for the Bible app. Um, and it's, it, hap- it occurs so often in, in the Bible. You should, you should do it. A little homework for you. Go and look up the word minister and, and all the context that it's, it's used in. It's such a powerful word and it kind of excites me to be a servant. It, it, it opens up so many things of what that will look like if I minister. I have a gift to give. I am a servant when I minister. So if today it means that the leaves are all over there because of yesterday's storm, I'm serving. I'm ministering to the leaves all the way away um, to make the space beautiful, to make it less crunchy when you walk to the bathroom. It's simple like that. Um, or, or maybe today I'm serving... I'm serving Auntie Sharon with a hug because she realized that again and she gave of herself this morning again in in sharing with us her story. Um, And I'm serving her with a hug this morning. I'll get there. That's serving. That is ministering because I I see you and I'm so, so grateful. Thank you for sharing that in any way, Auntie Sharon. There's such a powerful story um, and a continuation of a story all the time of how God shows more of himself to you and to us as, his, as our dad. Every member is a minister. Every member is a minister. What will it look like if Henny is the only one ministering? Henny is awesome, a super capable servant, minister of the word. But what will it look like if it's just him? We'll be really slow at getting things done because he's one person. But what if we're all ministering? What if all of us minister? Hey? I, I think we might get closer to what Jesus is coming back for when we're all ministering. It's, it's one thing to say every member is a minister and to stick it up on the projector or to hear it and go, Amen. But if you think it about the, um, what's the word for it? When one slays a thousand, two slay ten thousand. What's it? The exponential donkey. The exponential difference or growth between one person ministering and many ministering. Whatever that looks like. Don't don't hear when I say minister. This. That's not what I said. I said ministry means serving. Serving people, serving stuff, being a servant in whatever capacity. Belinda was serving Rochelle for her birthday with making food and doing things. It was, it was a ministry of love to Rochelle. Um, it's, she was serving. Was she doing it in church? No. She was being a friend who was invited to a birthday party and just loved her by offering to cook really delicious curry. She was serving her. She was ministering to her. Think about that. Write that down. What does it look like when we're all ministering? What does it look like when we're all serving each other and this church and, and the people from the outside? Because we come here and then we go out. Our going out is very far and diverse. What does it look like when we're ministering? Any highlighted something uh, to me in the week, and I, I thought, sure, that's very true. Um, for the sporting men, here's your analogy for the day. Um, it's easy for us 
to be, when we're watching sport, even I do it, when we're watching sport and we're going, no ref, no, that wasn't the offside and super excited and, and you're, you're, you're right, the ref missed it and how dare he because it affects my team. And you have so many things to say. And of course, when there's five of you watching the game, it takes 50 minutes just to manage the fact of the unfairness of that very one thing, of calling an offside when it wasn't. It really wasn't an offside. We're all armchair referees. We have very many opinions, very many opinions about things, all kinds of things. I tell people how to drive all the time when I'm driving. All the time. Wait. No, don't drive yet. It's just me still. No. As if he can't see me. But just for in case. I'm just going, nah. We're all doing that. I have opinions. I have an opinion about a shop's decor. Sometimes I go, yes, that's ugly. When I walk past a window and I see how they've done the mannequins, I'm like, oh. It's very stark in my eyes. I have an opinion about everything. We, we all do. Um, some things we're very judgmental about. Um, yesterday at our leaders' meeting, Banai also came clean about things that we're so judgmental about. And it's so true of us. But then I, I've, I realized that I used to be... Something has changed in, in one of the ways that I operate around this. I used to go into a restaurant... I'd, I worked in restaurants for many years uh, in different capacities. So I, I have an, an, uh, compassion in a sense, but an understanding for things. And when they don't go well, I used to moan. I just moaned how horrible the service was or the food, or I just moaned. And, um, and then I realized, but that's not helpful. That's not helping anybody. All this, the poor managers is coming, oh, so can I you know, refund you a coffee or can I complimentary you your dessert or something? And then I go, yes, victory. But, but that's not the point at all, I realized for me. Because I understood the ins and outs and the workings behind uh, in restaurants, I decided to then go to the manager and help him in a different way um, by saying to him, I... I can so appreciate the craziness of what's going on here. My, I, I used to be you, too, um, and I used to hate people coming to talk to me, too. But I just want to give you one tip. If you guys just do this, you'll, you'll get it. And then they're like, oh, but are we supposed, can I compliment? No, I don't want any complimentary anything. That's not the point. I, I see an area that maybe you're missing because you're so busy trying to just manage all the people and the processes. But I, I've noticed something, and I, I just want to give you a tip. And they receive it. Uh, and when I go back, they nod and wave, and I go, oh, it's looking great. Well, your staff's excellent. Well done, you know. Some of them choose not to care or do anything. But just that little change in moaning and groaning and getting a complimentary something and that is your victory because how dare they not serve me well versus thinking sure if I just look at the staff is, is actually not so many they're running their heads off and trying to do everything where is the manager sure this guy is cooking in the back because the chef didn't arrive 
just, just looking a little bit further and believing the best about something first before you go into all the other options um, in the way that we judge uh, is, is such a powerful change in looking at things. We can moan and we can spend 50 minutes moaning about the offside. That was not an offside, that really was an offside, but it wasn't. <laughs> or I don't know how to fix that. I, I don't have an, a solution for how to fix that. But, but just for a second to put myself in the position of the referee whose eyes are there and who's trained in a specific way and has to do things a specific way and is under a, some form of a governing body that checks up on them and to sometimes... Look, I know that sometimes they make wrong calls, don't get me. I know that happens for real sometimes. But if you just use that in your context... To not just go, oh, the ref is awful, so unfair. Or why did they take five minutes longer to make me my coffee today? Gee, can't they see I'm in a hurry? Surely the service should be foster. But to notice that it's just one guy, it's not two today. So it will be longer. So have a little bit more grace. Or where you can, to actually start getting our hands dirty and saying, well, let me help out. Let me make it foster. Now, I see the leaves this morning are still everywhere after the storm. I am five minutes earlier. Hey, devil, where's the brooms? Let me help you quickly with this. Why? Because it's our house. It's not Henny's house. We're, it's together. It's us. Um, and to, to come those five minutes earlier to see where can you, where can you help? Auntie Sharon was saying this morning, he said, where can we help? I don't really know. But she did help. <laughs> with her eye um, for detail and that was her ministry this morning five minutes before the service started and she did it so grateful um, for that but everybody can do that everybody can do that it's not a special gift you don't need to be crazily prophetic or deep in anything or pray exceptionally well to come and do something um, I know that we all know that the church is not our, this building. It, we, we know it's not a Sunday service. Uh, we know it's the body of Christ. Um, and as it flows from there. Um, but I do know that we were not designed to spectate. We weren't designed to just go, should be like that. Why isn't it like that? And why didn't they do that? You know when your mind thinks about things like that? Where we have influence. This morning... We again heard we're sons in the house, sons and daughters, everybody, but do we just use sons for, for the sake of using children? We're all sons and daughters. We're, we're all sons and daughters. If you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a son or a daughter of God. You're a co-heir with Christ. You are seated in heavenly places where you rule and reign with Jesus. We hear him because you belong to him. Sometimes you hear him really well, and sometimes you don't hear him really well. But you do hear him, because he speaks all the time. Why did I say that? I don't know. Um, but we're, we're all sons, which means we, we all belong to this church. For me, it was profound when God spoke to me and said, to me, I'm giving you a place to belong 
did I immediately know everybody or know where I used, should be or do or find a place to... No. I checked them out. Because I, God said I belong, so I get it that I should come here every Sunday and do things with these people. But I did check them out. And I, I was intimidated by many people for very long. But that's not a them problem. That's a me problem. That was a me going, but I don't know who I am in Christ just yet. That's okay. But to engage in figuring it out with people while doing stuff and being involved with things. That's how I figured out my identity. And I became okay with the fact that I serve well. I don't lead well. I serve well. I've, I know that both Alex and I knew this long ago. We, we do really well serving under leadership. And where do we want to go? Fine. I'll get all the blind spots and sort them out. That's, I'm good with that. And I find a whole lot of joy in being able to do that. I don't like the limelight. I'm a serious introvert. I don't like big people spaces. I don't like being in the front. I don't. But it's not about me either. If Jesus says, do the announcement, okay. God said to me nine years ago when I started teaching at ETA, uh, you need to do this because you need to be okay to speak in front of people. I was like, why would I want to speak in front of people ever? comes in handy now to have taught students for eight years. <laughs> Some things are just a little bit easier because I did them for really, really long. I learned some, some skills in the process. And teaching was fun also. But speaking wasn't so fun in the beginning. And I got it wrong. And my students kept saying to me, Ma'am, sorry, can you just speak slower? And I go, oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. Let's do all of that again. <laughs> or I would teach and be finished in 20 minutes. And I'd have 45 minutes to speak in. So I had to grow in my ability to extend my content and not just waste their time but actually make it really cool for them to be with me for 45 minutes that took seven of the eight years probably to learn <laughs> but that's okay um that's okay I, I actually listed three things that I wanted to highlight uh to us and kind of in a, in a sense start your own conversation Again, with God, your small group, your people, your whoever, uh, to think about. And one, the first one was sonship. So that's why I say I have nothing to say really because we just, we just went through all of that and gave opportunity already because the Holy Spirit knows this is important to us. He wants to cement something this morning because the worship and the ministry and my five seconds on it is all about that. Um, is knowing that we belong. And I just want to challenge us this morning. We need to settle this once and for all. You being a child of God must be settled in your heart. And whatever you need to do to settle that thing and to kill the lies and to stop believing things that are not true, we need to actively settle that. There's no reason for us to walk around wondering who we belong to. There's no reason. But I do know is I have some rejection issues in my background, so I get it that it takes a long time to trust, even to trust God, to trust people, to trust specific leadership figures. I get that. But, but 
I can't make you believe that you're a son or a daughter or a child of God. I can't make you believe that. I can, I can, I can read you Romans. It's a wonderful scripture. I'll read it to you. Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage. Bondage means you're shackled and you're tied up. Bondage again to fear. You received the spirit of adoption. We sang about orphans and I thought, yeah, we were all orphans. And then we're grafted into God's family. So we received the spirit of adoption. Um, whom we get to cry out, Dad, I have a father. We get to do that. You get to do that every day when you are so angry, so upset about whatever. You get, you get to cry out. My children talk to me and to Alex about how dare we do these things. Or how dare we say you need to share the iPad with your sister. How, how dare we? And loses it. <laughs> she gets to do that. And then we have to take a go, stop. You're not being fair right now. Let's think about what's going on here. And God does that with us. He says, stop. I hear you. I see the mess in your insides. Let me help you see clearly. Are you finished ranting and raving? I'm so pleased that you can come to me and rant and rave. Thanks for coming. Can I help you? see things clearly he does that because we're children and we cry out Abba Father the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and if children we're heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified with him that's our inheritance that's our inheritance now and forever we are children of God do whatever it takes to settle this in your heart once and for all the church must know we are his bride and he is coming for us. And he's coming for a glorious bride. And we must know this and settle it in our hearts. Um, that also means that, here's challenging part, sorry, for all of you now. We must stop going, the church said that we've got this thing on. Or Henny says that, da 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 da, da. Or, I think, no, I think the church is going to, whatever. Are you part of this church? Then we. Then we're a we. We we together. We mistake together. Wow, that happened. <laughs> I'm so bad with things like that. Skis Owens. I'm like, I don't get puns at all. So I don't even know when that happened. Please forgive me. We us together. <laughs> We us together, we don't you. Oh, but didn't you say, didn't you want the sound this way? Or didn't you? Nia, yeah. we, we, it's a us. A we, it's a we. We. I, and with that, I just want to honor you. Last year was real difficult with horrible sound and bad dust. And it was a mess for a whole year as we constructed this place back to something. And you were so patient with us. And I know the sound was bad and it was sometimes difficult to focus when you're, you can't really hear and it's echoing and it's a mess. And I just want to honor you for sticking through our real visible construction part because we do it together. You know, it, it's, and some Sundays weren't so fun and that's okay to say too. But we don't come for 
the best worship. We don't come for the best building. We come because we serve Jesus together. And on a Sunday morning, we get to do that. We get to together go in, in spite of them dusty and murky and open and cold. And do you remember when it was so cold? Yes, it was so cold. We, then, you, then you jump a little bit more when it's the worship song. You do whatever it takes to worship together. We do it together. There's no you, it's a us. There's no they, it's a we. We do it together, which means that you have a voice in this house. You have a voice. You have things inside of you that we don't see. You have ideas and you have opinions, I say with soft, soft, softly, opinions, um, that are so important and part of building this part of the Lord's body. And, and you should know that, you know. It, and again, I'm saying opinion because it's not, a, it's, it's not a critical thing. You don't come and criticize. You don't criticize your own house. Please don't criticize your mother's house. But you don't criticize your house. You don't go in there and go, oh, why didn't I clean again today? Like, who does that? <laughs> I do sometimes. Like, oh. You don't do that. I should not do that. We shouldn't do that. I, I go into my home and I go, oh, yes, I just didn't have time today. It sucks, but I'm sorry, and I didn't have time. So today it's not so clean. But it's okay because this is my house, and, and it's acceptable. It's not always acceptable to be dirty in my house, but just today it was, some, it was difficult. So we'll, we'll spend a little extra time later cleaning up and preparing some things. It's the same when we come here. We come together and we... We see some things and we, we go to the right people. We say, hey, I see a need. I see an area where we can maybe up this a little bit or clean up that a bit or, or bring a real flower or something. <laughs> I want to help out with that. Can I? Absolutely. Absolutely. You are so welcome. But it's not, ugh, they don't have real flowers. It's a, oh, how can I, how can I help? Like, I see a need. I see an area. How can I serve you? How can I serve my house by doing that? Sonship. We need to know um, the vision of our church. We need to know what we're doing because it helps us to know how we fit into it, you know? Um, our, our vision, for those of you who are newer, is we, we reach nations and we reach generations by disciple-making we raise up leaders and we plant churches. We have a, a Sunday service in the evening in Santon. Some of you haven't been there. I am inviting you to Santon service, 5 o'clock, Kira, Ravonia. Come and see what this church, this Shafa Johannesburg, has started to reach our vision by planting churches, by raising up leaders, by discipling people. It's what we do. It's what God has called this part of the body to what does that mean for you? How, how do you fit into that? Are you supposed to be the guy who teaches at Bible school? No, not necessarily. But are you sharing your experiences with somebody a little bit younger maybe or a newer believer or an older believer or anybody? Are you actively involved in, in each other's lives in some way or another? That could be one way of doing it, just being involved with people. Um, and, and, that, and the fact that we're loyal to our house, we're loyal to our home, our family. My family's not great all the time. 
No, my, my family, my and Alex's family is great all the time. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I don't come from a perfect family. They're incredibly imperfect. My dad made all kinds of mistakes. He still does. My mother is absolutely awesome. Some of you have met her. She's the coolest person, but she's definitely not perfect. And oh, we do look at each other in the eyeball and go, mm. Mama, I want to say some things right now that I shouldn't say. So I'm going to walk away for a minute and just reword my words. We do have those moments, but that doesn't mean we walk away from each other. We don't walk away. When it gets tough or when it, the sound's awful or the cold keeps coming in because we haven't put the glass in just yet. Or because I don't know what's going on. I don't get, what are we doing as a church? When those questions are happening in your mind, you don't walk away. You come together and you go, hang on, I'm, I've been a little dazed the last while. Where are we? Where are we? What are we doing? Like what? And, and I feel a little... Um, slower maybe than usual or not as, as excited even about church as always. It's fine, but you don't walk away when you feel that way. You still come and you feel you're not so active and you warm your chair for a little while until somebody goes, Leanne, I see you, but I'm, but I'm missing something about you coming. And then you show up again and you engage God again and you figure it out again and you find what he's saying to us. Those times are really, really different. So what, is, what does that have to do with the Sunday service? What, what, why do we do Sunday services? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why do we come together on a Sunday? Why do we do that? What makes Sunday services unique? Is it a hard question? Difficult question? We fellowship with one another? But we fellowship at small group also. So what makes it unique? We see everybody, not just your small group. You see the family. We worship together. Mm. I want to hold before you that Sunday service is the main corporate witness of Jesus. I'll say that again. It's the main corporate witness of who Jesus is. Because yesterday, Henny mentioned in an example uh, when Saul was persecuting the church, in Acts, and he was on his way to Damascus to go slaughter the rest of the church. And Jesus stopped him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Not why are you persecuting the church? All kinds of lights went off in my head yesterday again. Jesus so closely um, relates to us as part of his church that he said Saul persecuted him and it reminded me you know if if somebody says something funny about Alex I get all wired up wrong (laughs) my hair stands up a little straighter and I have words forming in my mind that I would like to utter and I must hold back on why because I so closely relate to him that how dare you think he's not the best guy in the whole wide world. How dare you see faults? It's the same thing. Jesus so closely relates to his body. And on a Sunday morning, he puts himself on show in that sense, and I say that with respect, because of our corporate coming together. And what is it 
in, in the little things, what does, that, what does that look like? You know, if a visitor walks in here, what do they see of Jesus? Not of me, not of Shofar, of Jesus. That should be the question that we're asking. If somebody, maybe somebody who knows the Lord, or maybe somebody who doesn't and is really brave to come into a place where there's a whole lot of believers, and maybe somebody like me who went to a church to go and get saved, I don't necessarily like church all that much, but I need to go there because I need to go get saved. <laughs> what do they see of Jesus? What do we put on display? Um, you know, what about his kindness? Do we show his kindness in the way that we connect with each other, with new people? That we don't come here to just come here and visit with the three people I know. But when I see somebody I don't know, maybe they've been here for six months, that's very possible. But to go, hey, I'm really sorry, I haven't met you yet. And they go, hey, I've, I've, I've actually been coming for a couple of weeks. And they go, oh, I'm so sorry, I haven't, you know, I haven't, I haven't had the opportunity. Hi, I'm Izon. It's nice to meet you. And to make a real concerted effort to remember the name. <laughs> but it's okay when we don't. To just, oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot. Max, what's your name again? Max, oh, nice. Hi, hi, hi Max. And, and just take it from there. To show Jesus' kindness. What about his power? Do we display his power in church? How do we display his power? Jesus is powerful. He's the king of kings. He's the commander of the army of heaven. He's powerful. Do we show his power? How do we show his power? I, I think intercession is a great place where it starts. When we pray together at 8.30, we want to see his power on a Sunday morning. As much as we do in our small groups or at work or where I'm praying for somebody at the cash register, I want to see his power. But we come together and we pray together and we ask him to show us what's his heart for today. That we can see healings, deliverance, salvations, all those things happen here so that it builds our faith again. And we go, God, wow. His power. What about his beauty? Jesus is beautiful. Do we see his beauty? Church, do we show his beauty to somebody who walks in? How do we show his beauty? I'm, I'm just shooting from the hip in that sense. What about our worship? When we, when we choose to adore, when we choose to you know, take away whoever's next to me but, but you know, fix my eyes on him and I'm singing words and I'm, I'm actually taking the words in. Jesus is beautiful or exalt him or you know whatever the words are he's a way maker what does that mean miracle worker jesus i haven't seen you so much as a miracle worker remind me of miracles that you've done in my life i know you have but to to see him to see his beauty a skilled band helps us with that what about the gospel we should be preaching the gospel every time all the time just because you've heard the gospel three times doesn't mean that's it. Now we must move on to, you know, big food, real food. No. The gospel is the essence. It's everything. Um, do, do we show the gospel? Or does somebody have the opportunity to hear the gospel uh, on a Sunday morning? Uh, anointed preacher gives us the opportunity to hold the gospel on display, to show Jesus to them. His presence, his power, you know, transforming power. We have altar calls not because we want to pull people forward 
to put somebody on show. We believe that there is transformation because Jesus is here. And we want to offer the opportunity to people who would like Jesus to touch them, not me or my great prayer, Jesus to touch them, to change something, to give them peace when it's just been a mess in their hearts. We want to give that opportunity. That's why we come together on a Sunday. And that's why we have a sound team and a projection team and a whoever everything team so that we can display Jesus. Are we doing it exceptionally well? Mm, some days, some days not so much. Is that okay? Yes. Are we growing into it? Yes. Does Jesus allow us to grow into it? Absolutely. Otherwise, he wouldn't allow us to get together in our not-so-perfectness. He wouldn't. But he does. And we get to show that to the world on a Sunday morning together. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.